It's Monday. Having arrived in Jerusalem, Jesus enters the temple and finds a scene that disturbs him. We pick up the account in Mark, chapter 11, reading from verses 15 to 18. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those who were selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. As he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers? The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. I think the big takeaway from this passage is that Jesus is relentlessly committed to God's designs, which sometimes means a massive disruption to what everyone treats as normal. Because before Jesus arrived at this scene, this would have been a pretty normal day in the temple courts. At the time, Jews were required to offer sacrifices and temple offerings, so there were vendors to sell sacrifices that met the right standards and money exchangers for the offerings. It would have been particularly busy on this day because it was nearly Passover, but it was all fairly normal. Until suddenly, Jesus disrupted everything, upending tables, sending out doves and cattle and people, and barring the way to anyone else coming in with merchandise. And this wasn't Jesus' first visit to the temple, nor was it his first Passover there. He'd been to the temple many times before. Which means this dramatic and chaotic scene wasn't a gut reaction, it was an intentional response to a scene Jesus knew to expect. The Bible doesn't really explain why he reacted this way. It's possible that Jesus was rebuking the way the sellers were conducting their business. They may have been charging unfair rates that hurt the poorest. It's also possible he was rebuking the fact that the temple had become a place focused on business and profit, rather than a place focused on prayer and worship. This phrase, den of robbers, comes from Jeremiah 7, which talks about people committing sins, then going to the temple to get clean, so they can carry on living in sin. So he may have been accusing everyone at the temple of being like that, of treating temple sacrifices as just a tick box exercise to otherwise live however they pleased. And quite possibly all of these things were issues. Ultimately, though, Jesus was calling people back to the heart of things. Instead of empty ritual, sacrifices should have been part of a whole life shared with God. Instead of a marketplace that serves the wealthy, the temple was supposed to be a place of prayer and worship. So Jesus was relentlessly committed to God's designs and to authentic relationship with God, which meant a massive disruption to what everyone treated as normal. That's still true in our lives today. God's dwelling place is no longer in the physical temple. God dwells with us as part of the body of Christ. The temple is made holy by regular sacrifices. We're made holy by Christ's one perfect sacrifice. But as God's dwelling place, he will continually rebuke and correct the places where we hurt others, or we pursue things other than him, or start doing things out of duty 
rather than out of love and worship. This may mean that he overturns and drives things out of our lives that have fallen away from his intent, and that may feel a bit alarming and chaotic. But God does this out of love, in his efforts to work all things for his glory and our good. None of us are perfect. There are tables in our lives that need to be overturned, and God will overturn them. It may feel sudden and dramatic and a little bit out of control, but as in the temple, those disruptions aren't a random fit of rage. They are in God's timing and according to his purposes, to bring us back to the heart of relationship with him. Let's stop and meditate on what Chrissy has shared. What are the tables in your life that Jesus might want to overturn? We'll pick up the story again tomorrow.